This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Oh, yeah, sports to the max. P.J. Atherton's got an interesting job. He grew up playing hockey, Dinah, Gophers. He could put pick, uh, puck on a stick, baby, let me tell you. He can make something happen. And he still is in a different way. He evaluates uh, tape for guys and says, this is what I see, this is what I do. It's a really interesting, intricate program that he's got that it keeps him associated with the game. And he joins us now. P.J., you staying warm? Maxie, I'm working on it, buddy. It's oh, yeah. not easy out there, but we're doing our best. Explain better than I can what I just said about you. How, <laughs> how do you how do you go? You do really it's, it's self scouting, right? Yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting thing to to describe, but basically, I'm a performance coach or performance consultant for individual players, uh, mostly for guys that play in the NHL, and, and it's a, it's a fancy way of saying I watch guys play. I send them feedback on how they're doing. I try to help them identify areas where they could be better. I try to help them understand the ways that they're having success and why they're having success and, you know, ultimately try to make them, help them find their best performance night in and night out, which is a difficult thing to do in the National Hockey League. Because even at that level, they might not realize why things are going well or not going well, huh? Right. You know, a lot of these guys for a long time have been the best player in any given situation. And so many of the things that they did, regardless if they were good habits or maybe not so great habits, it happened to work for them at one point. And now you get into the, into the NHL where the talent pool is so elite and the players are so close together in skill level you really need to find new and innovative ways to try to, whether it be um, create offense or, you know, stop some of these really talented offensive players. You really have to be doing things in, in a very precise way, and, and there's not really a lot of room for error. Like, give me an example of a defenseman that you would watch, and, and let's just say that, that uh, you know, his job is to be shut down and, and elite players, and, and they're coming at it. What, what are you looking for? in a defenseman to say, okay, here's what you don't see, or uh, you, if, if you start a little bit earlier going back, you can pick him up later. And mm-hmm. I mean, what are, you, what are you doing? Right. So, so basically, you know, I look at the game in terms of uh, a strategy and model of gameplay. So if we talk about playing defense, the, the number one thing we want to try to do is limit access to dangerous ice, right? So I don't want to let the forwards bring the pucks from the outside of the rink, which is a relatively safe place for them to possess it, to the inside of the rink where they have a chance to score. So I'm going to try to help them look for tactics to how they can do that better. Like you said, 
can they get up tighter? Can they get into the offensive zone more and use their forward skating to direct players and not allow them to have access to the dangerous points of the ice? So can they keep them on the outside? And then once they have them on the outside, can they take away the space, dispossess them of the puck? And then what once they get the puck, how can they get the puck back to their teammates and go back the other direction? Along the lines of what you were talking about earlier, I, I had one hockey person say um, – uh, we were watching summer hockey one day, and it was you know some of the top players in the state that uh, had the beauty league in that area. And 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 mm-hmm. he said to me, I never he says some guys just don't realize they don't like hockey. And I said, what do you mean? <laughs> he said he said some guys, to your point, they've always been good enough to get by, and uh, and they like the the money and they and and they like what comes from it, uh, but they're really not that interested. Uh, once the talent has caught up with them in, in, in fighting back and counterpunching to work to get there because they really don't love hockey the way you have to love hockey to be good. I know you've met a lot of hockey players. Can you expand on that a little bit? Do you see that from time to time where they go, hey, man, I, this has always worked for me, and if it doesn't, well, so be it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the way that I would put it, rather than them not liking hockey, because I mean, let's face it, hockey's a game. Like, it's fun. It's something we've done as, as little kids. There's a lot of, number one, there's a lot of extra things that go along with playing in the NHL. A lot of things you have to do and sacrifices you have to make. And, and along with that, there's also a lot of mental strain, mental, mental pain, you know, challenges that are uncomfortable. Um, you know, that, that maybe guys don't like that part. They're, they're not particularly fond of the anxiety that may come from, and I, am I going to be in the lineup? Am I not going to be in the lineup? Sure. Even, even the anxiety that comes with, I make X amount of million dollars, and that comes with pressure that everyone's looking at me to perform, and if I don't, they start criticizing me and saying I'm not worth it. And that's a whole different thing than getting to play hockey and enjoying it and just collecting money. Um, I would say most of the guys love hockey, but not all of them find it worth it to deal with that level of kind of mental stress all the time. And and it's hard. Now, now uh, P.J. Atherton is our guest. He, he breaks down for, for particular clients uh, uh, their video to, to see what they see. Are, are you surprised often at, at what a guy thinks he did well or didn't do well and where he's wrong. In other words, he thinks I, I had three good shifts and he didn't, or vice versa. He goes, I was awful. And you look at the videotape and say, no, you were actually pretty good. You're not, you're selling yourself short. You didn't see why things have, does that happen often? It, it does. It, it, and I, what I find most often is guys are a little bit harder on themselves than, than maybe they should be. Um, you know, it's, it's a results based business. And so, if guys that are expected to score don't score, they can they can get down on themselves. I, I recently did a breakdown for a client that hadn't scored in a couple games, and but but prior to that, he hadn't scored in like three games. But prior to that, he had a goal in like four games, and and so and he wanted me to do a breakdown. Hey, can you see what's going on for me? Like I, I just don't feel like myself, so on and so forth. And I watched the, the video, and I was kind of like, well, you played pretty darn well. You didn't get some bounces here. You did some really good things that we've talked about. You're in the right positions. You didn't get some pucks. So these guys can can 
they expect a lot out of themselves. And, and when it doesn't happen, it can kind of, you know, the negativity bias, right? They're going to remember the bad things that happened during a game more than they're going to remember the good plays that happened that maybe didn't go in for that. Okay. So it, it, it's a pretty common thing. Yeah, so, so along those lines, are, are the champions the ones that remember the bad things and just and that drives them? Or are the champions the ones that can draw upon the good things and say, you know what, that shot didn't go in, but I did everything I was supposed to do at the right time. I mean, which one is it? Do, do you do you find that there, you know, there's a there's a the the the, uh, the elite thrive on what kind of the negative thought where they never think they're good enough, or is it the guy that says I'm always good enough? It's just a question whether the puck's going in. I, I think it's the latter. My, my belief is, is it really is the guys that are truly elite are going back to the things that they know will work. And if they make a mistake, if they do something wrong, they know that they're one step closer to, to that puck going in. So even if, you know, and you see, you see it all the time with, with the guys that have, you know, the opportunity in the NHL, if they do make a mistake, they're going to go right back to doing the same thing because they know that play was right. And so they have a very short memory. They believe in themselves and uh, they're just going to keep going back to the well over and over and over again until they get that puck to go in the back of the net. What about when, when a player comes to you and says, you know, he's in that scoring slump you're just talking about and you're looking at the tape going, well, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You, you know, you've had fewer power plays. You, you know, you can break it down and show them. And, and, and he's going, yeah, but the coach said, hey, man, this is up to you to create some opportunities. you got to figure it out. Does that ever happen where you need to be a bit of a counselor? And, and, and sometimes it can be even in conflict with what the coach is saying because the coach is just saying, you got to get it going. Yeah, you know, I am, I am definitely, I view my role as, not only to analyze the game film, but to, to treat these guys as full human beings that have lives away from hockey, that, that have wives and kids, that have a whole other, you know, experience of life. And it's my, it's my job to, to help them in every aspect of their life so they can bring that really, really, really peak performance all the time. Now, in terms of what their coaching staff is telling them, it's, it's my belief that I don't, it is not my position to get in conflict with my players in terms of what the coaching staff is saying, because that puts in their mind, well, geez, one guy's telling me one thing, yep. CJ is telling me another thing, and that creates conflict in their mind, and hockey happens too fast for there to be conflict, so I try to stay out of that because I don't, I don't particularly care whose idea it was that led to my players having success. I just want them to have success. So whether it's the coaching staff's idea or my idea, it doesn't particularly matter to me. And I don't think it's particularly helpful for me to start getting in their mind that, that I'm some sort of superior guru and that they shouldn't listen to anybody else. I don't think that's particularly effective. So I try to keep their minds clear, help them understand maybe what the coaching staff means when they're saying certain things, let them vent perhaps if they feel frustrated about something, um, but ultimately try to keep their minds clear on what they want to accomplish. And PJ, learning how to study videotape is an art by itself. And, and you know, it probably doesn't do a lot of good in any sport uh, until they get to be, 
I don't know, eighth, ninth grade, where, where you can really explain it, and, and they can have aha moments where the light goes off, where, where where the coach says, do you see why this was, you know, in basketball, a bad shot? You didn't realize you were three feet beyond your range, but when I show it to you on videotape, we can clean this up in about five seconds. But but there's an art to learning how to study videotape. What, what, what When a kid sits down to look at himself, and let's say you're not there, and I'm, I'm not talking about just the pros, but I'm talking about younger people that are trying to yeah, figure out sure. how to do this. What do you tell them about how to go about extracting the right information and getting better from it? What I would really, really emphasize to people is, to, to players, to younger players, is they have to create clarity for themselves. So they really, really need to look at and understand who am I as a player and what you know, assets do I have that can give me an advantage during the game. So if you're really clear on who you are, you can look at your performance in terms of what was successful or not successful for me. And what do I need to do differently in this particular situation that may not have worked? How could I make it different? It doesn't help me to, to go look at Connor McDavid, do some sort of move where he pulls the puck between his legs and then think that I'm going to go practice that move. Yeah. I have to know what type of player that I am in the game and how I can affect these different situations and what's creating success for me when I am having success. Why? Why am I having success? Or if I'm not, okay, well, what can I do? What can I change and modify in order you, you know, to, to, to make it better? So I really have to understand who I am. And then I kind of really have to take a look at the scenarios of the game and, and what creates success in general. What's a model that I can follow for, for how to create success for my particular position? So when you say get clear, you mean get clear about what, what, what the team expects of you? I mean, if you're on the penalty kill, yeah, and, and then judge yourself against what the team expects of you, not just the Conor McDavid move, but, but what, are they, what have they asked you to do, and, and where are you falling short or exceeding sometimes, huh? For, for sure, and that, that, that is a component of it. And, you know, for a lot of young players that are still in a development phase of, of where they are, right? Like a kid that's 15 years old playing high school hockey is in a complete development phase of their game. So it's, he, he's not a piece of a Stanley Cup winning team, right? He, he's not in a performance phase. So I would look at, okay, what is the team asking me to do and how do I fit into that? But how can I expand that? How can I push the limits and do more? What's going to work for me as I try to go to the next level? How can I find the best part of my game that maybe will take me a little bit farther if that's something that I want to do? I think, I think we get caught up here, especially kind of in Minnesota, of feeling like our performance in these younger ages is a little bit more important than it really is. You know, a a high school hockey team, as amazing as it is to go to the state tournament and as awesome as an experience as that is, are still a bunch of kids playing a game, not a bunch of men trying to win the Stanley cup that get paid millions of dollars. And there's just different, a different lens to look at that through and kids should be trying to learn how to become the best versions of themselves both on and off the rink and, and not quite as focused on the outcomes of the games or doing their job as a fourth line player to, to not try anything and just throw pucks away and, and hit people. And, hmm. and so I, I think it, it's different in, in that way, in, in my opinion. 
Last question. I was talking to Brad Childress about this as it pertaining to the NFL, and then we were talking about drafting. And he said, you know, uh, the best of the best look at them, they analyze them, they, they, they give you the stats, the combines, all that, and they still hit about 500, 50 50 about on, on first round picks in the NFL. And probably the same in the NHL. I don't know what the numbers would be. But if you were to say, what would be the one is there a, is there a constant or a defining reason because obviously these people are filled with potential and talent when they get drafted in the first round what's the difference in general between the person that realizes it and does it or is it just a mistake in scouting i think that the difference is adaptability you know the players that have the opportunity to change and adapt to their environment whether that's going up to a new level and now having to try some different things or whether that's playing a different team that maybe someone's shadowing them or or what whatever it may be but the the really really elite players adapt to these different things and these different scenarios they adapt to different moments in the game and they're not predictable and i think that would you know for me be one of the the, the biggest indicators of, of who's going to have success. PJ, really good to talk to you again. I, I good to hear you're feeling well. Keep evaluating those guys. It. Well, well, once we get to the playoffs, we'll we'll hone in on this stuff and break it down a little more. That'd be great. I'd love to chat again, Max. Thanks so much. You bet, PJ Atherton, breaking it down on videotape. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.